0: Hi, you're listening to Spotlight Aïja, a podcast that shines a light on ideas that matter. Hello, and welcome to the fifth episode of Spotlight Aïja season two. I'm your host today, Chiara Caliandro from Milan, together with my colleague from Miami, Giovanni Angles. Good morning, Giovanni.
1: Good morning, Chiara, and welcome everyone to Spotlight Aïja. Chiara and I are two of the academic coordinators for the upcoming 60th International Young Lawyers' Congress in Singapore this August. In this episode, we're here to explore an interesting legal topic related to the overarching theme of our upcoming AIJA Congress. Kiara, what's the theme of our Congress this year?
0: Well, the full title is The Future of the Legal Profession, Reunite and Embrace the Change, This theme gives us lots of room for exploration as we think about current trends and the different types of challenges that young practitioners are already grappling with.
1: That's right. In fact, one of the hottest sectors of the legal industry in recent years is the world of compliance. Scores of young lawyers have gravitated toward this field as companies of all types and sizes compete for legal talent. Banks, healthcare providers, governments... They all need help in navigating through a myriad of regulatory and technological challenges. Compliance officers do just that, by performing audits, enforcing rules, all types of activities. Compliance is no doubt part of our legal profession today. But is it enough? Are there better ways of promoting ethical conduct in the business world? Should we try thinking beyond the confines of compliance and more toward creating a culture of integrity?
0: On that note, let's welcome today's guest on Spotlight Asia. Tatsu Nakayama is the managing partner at Nakayama & Partners in Tokyo. His fields of practice include general international trade, international disputes, and he is a certified sports law agent. Tatsu is licensed in Japan with experience of working two years in Singapore and has just published his new book titled Integrity, Organizational Theory Beyond Compliance. Tatsu is also a former AESHA member, and I am sure we all remember him from one of the most exciting annual congresses held by AESHA, Tokyo 2017, focused on artificial intelligence. Thank you, Tatsu, for joining us.
2: Hello, and Giovanni, and thank you for inviting me today. I'm very honored and pleased to have this opportunity to talk about my book, newly published. Thank you very
1: much. Tatsu, thank you for joining us. First of all, Congratulations on your new book. Uh, What inspired you to write about this topic? Uh,
2: In my experience in Tokyo, I see many clients of mine, uh, many of them, Japanese employees, they are fed up with compliance or they are frustrated with compliance. I see the need in my clients to, to renew the meaning of compliance. So in Japan, Many companies are uh, suffering from, uh, uh, we would say, uh, compliance fatigue. This is uh, one aspect of mine to address integrity, the integrity in terms of communication, in terms of leadership. So we can we can uh, make uh, make profit. We can be more, much more creative. Yeah, in many senses.
0: Thank you, Tatsu. So real. In your book, you draw a careful distinction between compliance and integrity. Our audience is very familiar with compliance as a legal career and a service needed by all types of businesses today. But we hear less about the role of integrity within this compliance framework. What is the difference between the two and why is the difference important?
2: First of all, um, most of the meaning of compliance and integrity, uh, I see it, it's much the same, but I will say 80% of integrity is uh, the same as compliance. However, the rest 20% of integrity, I add the meaning of leadership. So in a sense, integrity is comprised of, uh, comprised of uh, 80% compliance and a 20 percent
1: leadership this is my definition interesting so so even though both ideas seek to define what is or is not ethical conduct uh my takeaway from your response now is that compliance seems to invite a more reactive approach while integrity is more forward thinking and proactive. Do you agree with that or is there more to it? I agree 100%. Uh,
2: As you said, compliance is like uh, just follow the rules or just follow the uh, restriction or something like this. In, In that sense, that is reactive. On the other hand, integrity, I highlight uh the aspect of integrity in that uh, proactive meaning compared with compliance in integrity uh, we use the, the, the function of consciousness well, yeah so without being told by anyone, what, without being seen by anybody, we act in a right way that is, the, I think, the clear difference between compliance and integrity.
0: Thank you, Tatsu. This makes definitely sense. But that reminds me also that in your book, you differentiate between personal integrity and organizational integrity as two distinct concepts. Tell us about what they mean and how it matters from the perspective of
2: lawyers like us. First, personal integrity, it's, it's very easy. Personal integrity is almost the same as just integrity. It's a business ethics or moral or being honest or honesty. So I do not add any new meaning in personal integrity. On the other hand, organizational integrity, this is coming from the, the definition of integrity in the, in the context of entity or society, Uh, as Oxford Dictionary defines integrity as being whole, whole meaning complete or being entire and not divided. I highlight on the meaning of uh, integrity as not divided and in the context of uh, company or in the context of compliance, I would like to highlight or I would like to add that uh, not divided between the the company goal and how employees should behave. If these two, the CEO's idea and employees' idea is not divided, then it would work the best. And uh, in the meaning of organizational integrity, I would like to highlight that company as a whole, or I would say company as one team.
1: Do you get what I say? Absolutely, Uh, Tatsu, this is very helpful. As you know, the theme of our AIJA Congress in Singapore is about the future of the legal profession and embracing change. With all of the cultural and business and financial challenges that lawyers are facing today, tell us how an integrity first mindset can help young lawyers and their organizations face those challenges. As you know, the world, world itself,
2: or young lawyers or the young generations facing many changes, and many challenges and this VUCA society, I think what counts is to to have leadership, to behave, not being taught by all the generations, to think by themselves. This is, yeah, in a sense, in one word we say leadership. And uh, in my explanation of integrity, I have been adding Many meaning of leadership into the definition of integrity or the function of integrity. So by using integrity in, in, in many aspects, the young lawyers would be more easily to face the difficulties or face the challenges or face the changes.
0: Tatsu, thank you. I have one last question for you. During Tokyo annual Congress, we discussed about artificial intelligence and how technology can support lawyers. Then few years after COVID-19 came and we lawyers all benefited of the development in technology. But in our opinion, has the pandemic made things better or worse for our profession? Or if this question is too broad, Has COVID-19 affected any of your findings or conclusions in your book?
2: Thank you for giving me a very challenging question. It's a very good question. I will answer the second question of you about the relation or connection between integrity and COVID-19 situations. In my view, the COVID-19 situation and integrity has much, has much, has very, strong connection because in COVID situation or telework situation or working from home, nobody is seeing, no boss is seeing what the employees are doing. So what counts in the context of compliance or obeying the rules or behaving themselves is uh, the integrity or doing right thing at home without being seen by anybody. So in that sense, integrity all over the world, integrity in, in employee's mind, working from home in a COVID situation is getting
1: more and more important. Tatsu, I, for, I forgot to ask, um, uh, any plans on translating uh your book into english or having it or uh, at the very least uh perhaps repurposing it i mean obviously we're doing it here in a sense right we're we're getting to um adapt some of your work in, into this new medium but i was wondering if you had any other plans on um on, on using this material uh for non japanese speakers
2: thank you very much i had been for hoping this such opportunity for my book to be translated into English, but, but uh, so far I haven't any specific plan, so. By the way, I after the publication of this book, in order to change the Japanese culture, I bought the book by myself. Uh, 3,800 books of my book by my own, which are paid, and I sent it to the CEO of every Japanese listed company. This is my attempt to, to change Japan, to change the Japanese
1: culture. Well, you're trying. You're, you've are you certainly tried. <laughs> it, it's funny because usually things like, you know, compliance and then now, like, you know, looking into integrity, they're seen as costs and they're seen as burdens. But in fact, they, they're actually extremely helpful and they could be extremely profitable for companies that know how to embrace it and that know how to, you know, um, grab it. So I, I this is um, an inherently interesting topic that I'm, I'm glad we were able to showcase as part of our future of the legal profession theme. This is very cool.
2: Thank you for inviting me today.
1: No, Tatsu, thank you. Thank you. It's a really interesting and I think just to kind of sum up in a couple of, you know, my personal takeaways anyways from uh, this very enlightening discussion. It seems that first, for a, a well-functioning workplace, compliance simply is not enough and that there are several benefits for maintaining a culture of integrity. Second, these need to be proactive solutions. There are many cultural reasons why employees may not you know, suggest or initiate these programs on their own. And quite frankly, maybe they're unable to. So we have this concept of organizational integrity, which should be combined with, uh, you know, this personal behavior. Third, the need for a culture of integrity has only grown since the emergence of COVID-19. Tatsu Nakayama, thank you so much for joining us today. Again, his book uh, just published last month, Integrity. Organizational theory beyond compliance. Uh, We very much uh, enjoyed our conversation and learned a lot from you today. Are there any, in in addition, of course, to this wonderful book that you have written, um, are there any additional books or articles or uh, news sources uh, on this topic or the future of the legal profession that you? Uh, would recommend to, to our listeners
2: uh, I will recommend one book written by uh, Robert chestnut CEO chief ethics officer of Airbnb uh, the title of that book is intentional integrity this book gives us many aspects of uh, integrity in a in a company culture so yeah I think it's yeah it's very good
0: Thank you. I hope you enjoyed our interview with Tatsuna Kayama. If you would like to hear more, subscribe, rate and review Spotlight Aisha on your favorite podcast platform and on the Aisha website. Interviews with experts on innovation, legal tech, business, creativity and other important topics for the legal profession, but also highlights from Aisha events. Tune in every month for something new. Next episode, our fellow coordinators Audrey and Lars will dive into the second track of our annual congress, doing business in Asia. Until then, on behalf of myself and Giovanni, farewell from Milan and Miami. And of course, you can meet Giovanni and I at our Asia annual congress in Singapore from 22 to 27 August. You have listened to Spotlight Asia a podcast produced by Aija for young lawyers across the globe. Don't miss the next episode.